The Old Testament lesson for today is from the book of Genesis, chapter 50, verses 15 through 21. This can be found on page 52 of your Pew Bible. In this story, Joseph forgives his brothers who sold him into Egyptian slavery years before. While the brothers intended evil towards Joseph, God used the circumstances of Joseph's life to bless many through his actions. A reading from Genesis chapter 50, beginning with the 15th verse. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. That verse, that verse is one of my favorite it's from one of my favorite Bible studies, the story of Joseph. It's the first Bible story that I studied at Pivot. And now I make it a point to share this verse with the men as they come into Pivot, not only because it's my favorite verse, but also because it parallels my journey in so many ways, and also making this text so fitting for Pivot Sunday. Our text today, it's the final scene of the Joseph story, the final chapter. You may be familiar with it. It's the story of Joseph's struggles and his triumphs and all the evil that was set against him. It's also a picture of God's sovereignty and God's greater good in times of trouble. Now, admittedly, I've asked myself, can good really come from evil? Perhaps you've asked yourself that as well. Let's recap Joseph's story real briefly. Joseph was the 11th of 12 sons born to Jacob. The scripture tells us that Jacob loved Joseph more than any of the other sons. 
Jacob even gave Joseph a beautiful robe to express his love for him. Now, over time, the brothers, they develop an intense hatred toward Joseph, and they actually conspire to kill him. Reuben, the eldest brother, he intervenes, and he persuades them not to kill Joseph. So they cast Joseph into a pit to leave him for dead. Now, this pit wasn't just some shallow hole in the ground. The pit, or cistern, as other translations call it, it's a below-ground reservoir, and they were commonly used back in that day. These pits are typically about three feet in diameter and anywhere from 12 or more feet deep. They wanted Joseph out of the picture. But then they changed their minds because they didn't want Joseph's death on their hands. So they sell him into slavery, and he's exiled to Egypt. Later, we find Joseph in Egypt. He's accused of a crime he didn't commit. He's arrested, and then he's thrown into jail. While in prison, he befriends another prison mate who he helps along the way. And as this prison mate gets released, he promises to put a good word in for Joseph. He totally forgets about Joseph. Joseph is imprisoned for two years. Now, throughout this story, we read that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. While in prison, Joseph was enabled to supernaturally interpret dreams. And he was consequently released to the custody of Pharaoh. While with Pharaoh, he gains favor with Pharaoh. He's promoted to be prime minister. Now he's the second command in all of Egypt. He becomes the overseer of a vast amount of grain that would eventually deliver Egypt and save many other people from a future famine and death. Some journey, huh? I mentioned earlier that my journey parallels Joseph's story in many ways. I wasn't thrown into a pit by my brothers and left for dead, but I did find myself in a pit. It was a pit of addiction, a pit of despair, a pit of destruction, a pit of certain death. I wasn't sold into slavery like Joseph, but I became a slave to drugs. Drugs became my master. I wasn't thrown into jail, but I did find myself behind the seemingly unbreakable bars of addiction. A prisoner of addiction, 23 years imprisoned. And in that space, I too felt forgotten, alone, abandoned. And now, I look back in hindsight on all that. And it was evil. Yes, it was evil. But it's something that God is turning for much good. I now direct and oversee a ministry where lots of people are being saved. They need to be freed and delivered and freed from captivity. I've been given a perspective. I've been given an experience and faith to lead them out. And now, many lives are being saved through that journey. God allowed me to go through it all. 
And now my light shines through me. God's light shines through me that the men of Pivot may have hope and deliverance and a future. Saints, God can turn your pain into purpose. God can turn your pain into purpose. Now, in no way am I suggesting that God promotes evil and pain so he can use it for good. I'm not suggesting that God planned evil for me to be in this space of addiction for 23 years. No, not at all. Saints, the reality is, is there is evil in our world. There is evil all around us. There are evil things all around us. There is an enemy of our soul. God is not the author of evil. God is not a God with evil intentions. God does not take pleasure in the suffering and pain in our world. Yet, God permits what he hates to accomplish what he loves, the salvation of a world of sinners. Amen. God was with Joseph through it all. God was with me through it all. Now, that may not be your story today. Maybe your story isn't drugs or some angry siblings. Maybe some other circumstance has you in a deep pit right now. Trouble on the job, a challenged relationship. Maybe a little deeper. Maybe there's a sickness. Or even death. Whatever the circumstance, it has you feeling in the pit right now. Maybe you've been enslaved or imprisoned by something beyond your control. The need for wealth. The need for status. The need to be in control. Or simply the need to appear in control. Ego and pride. Or maybe you've been victimized in some way. And emotionally, you're feeling forgotten. You're feeling abandoned and alone. And that no one cares. Saints, God sees you. God sees you and he cares deeply. He doesn't waste the pain in our lives. Perhaps your pain is to draw you closer to him. Perhaps your pain is to encourage others who are suffering around you. You may not know God's plan for your pain, but you can be assured that he sees you and that he loves you. Know that God is sovereign, saints. He's in control. He's working even in the times of trouble. He's working in every trial. I'm encouraged by Psalms 139 that declares, God sees in every moment of our lives. He knows the details. He can turn your pain into purpose, just as he did mine, from drug addict to preacher, from trial to triumph. God can work a greater purpose in all things. Now, I don't stand here as some hero of the day or some champion of good, because honestly, There's a deeper truth in my journey. 
There's a deeper truth in my story, one that's hard to admit. Yeah, in many ways, I'm like Joseph in this story, saints. But in many ways, I'm also like Joseph's brothers in this story. I'm like his brothers because of the sin I've done and the pain I've caused and the forgiveness that I need. I've heard a lot of people and I'm sure at times I probably still do. I have a letter. I want, I want to share a letter with you. This letter can be pretty difficult to share, so bear with me. But it makes the case. About three weeks ago, I received a call from my sister. She explained that she was cleaning her house and she runs across a letter that she'd written to me. This letter was dated June the 28th, 2006. 15 years ago, she thought she mailed it, and she never mailed it to me. She finds it 15 years later. Now, she thought it would be interesting for me to read what she wrote to me 15 years ago. I asked her to send it to me. She got it right this time. I got it. (laughs) I just want to share a portion of this letter which clearly illustrates I'm also like Joseph Brothers in this story. So for context, when she wrote this to me, I was still in my state of addiction, and I'm living in my mother's apartment. Richard, this letter is to inform you of my concerns for mom's living conditions. You need to take responsibility for your actions. This has really gotten next to me and the family, and I know to mom as well. There is no reason for mom to live this way. The house is always dirty. It smells. It's unkept. I would think you could see around you and the terrible living conditions. Maybe this is the way you live, but you are living with and in someone else's apartment. It seems that you just don't care about anyone or yourself. Mom is a prisoner in her own home. Mom, is a prisoner in her own home because you've taken over. This letter goes on to describe who and what I had become. I wasn't the best son. I wasn't the best brother. My mother, a prisoner in her own home, a prisoner of my addiction. I weighed heavily on my sister's well-being. I cared about nothing except myself. I was far from being kind to my family, just as Joseph's brothers were far from being kind to him. I caused a lot of hurt and pain, and boy, did I need Forgiveness. 
I think about this letter today. And although this was addressed to me, perhaps it wasn't meant for me at that time. For whatever reason, my sister never mailed it. I believe this letter was a letter to God. I believe it was my sister's prayer to God, her prayer to Jesus to intervene and to save her baby brother, just like Reuben to Joseph. God had another purpose in this moment. And when I look back, 15 years ago, my heart wasn't ready to receive a letter like this. But God's heart was ready. He heard my sister's heart. He heard my sister's prayer. Amen. And very next year, after she wrote this letter, in 2007, I came into Pivot Ministries. Twenty-three years of addiction. And saints, if it couldn't get any better, it wasn't long after I completed Pivot that my sister, her son, my nephew, he called me because he wanted help. And then very shortly after he called, his sister, my niece, called. She wanted some help. I was able to get both of them the help they needed. They're both doing well nine years later. And saints, they've both joined me today in this sanctuary. My niece and my nephew. letter 15 years later I'm more able to accept its truth I'm more able to accept the truth about myself and even more importantly I'm able to accept the truth of my need for forgiveness and saints if we're all honest here today we've all walked in the shoes of Joseph's brothers. Yes, we are. We've all sinned. Yes. The bigger truth today, the real truth today, is that we're all in need of forgiveness. Yes. The scripture oh. says, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. That's right. It says not one is righteous. No, not one. We've all fallen short. Saints, that's why we come back to this table every week. To confess. Joseph's brothers finally came back to Joseph to ask for his forgiveness. However, when they came, they came trembling in fear because they knew Joseph had every right to reject their request for forgiveness. He could have ordered their punishment right on the spot. He could have said, you wronged me to death with you all. 
But listen to the words Joseph says to them. Come along with me to verse 21 in our text. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. He comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. Saints, we've all sinned. We all deserve punishment. The wages of sin is death. So imagine, imagine coming before our brother, Jesus, and we hear these words. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforts you. And he speaks kindly to you. Saints, hear the kindness of God this morning. I'm so grateful for the kindness of God through Christ Jesus, our brother. He died and so that our sins may be forgiven and we may have eternal life. His death, his pain was meant for evil, but God meant it for good, for the saving of many lives. Can good come out of evil? From pain to purpose. Saints, he's still providing for us. Receive his comfort. Receive his kindness. Amen.